I feel a sense of destiny here today. Amen. I feel that we are in the will of God, and I feel like God wants to show that to us today in many different ways. So I will share a number of testimonies and uh, situations that uh, will increase your faith. I know you're people of faith, and I thank God for that. Amen. This is a wonderful church, wonderful believers who love the Lord with all their heart. Amen. Now, uh, recognize that that's not, we're not all perfect. Amen. Please recognize pastor knows he's not perfect, and I know you're not perfect, but you're precious. We're precious to the Lord. Amen. Job said, I'm not perfect. God said Job's perfect and upright. Job said a few chapters later, man, I'm a long way from perfect, but we are precious in the sight of God, and I'm thankful for that. I want to count God's people precious. Amen. Not perfect. (laughs) Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell them you're precious, not perfect. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being in church today. I want to entitle what I'm going to say to you today. We have, in the last few weeks, talked about the journey. Everybody say the journey. And each week we've discussed uh, what that journey has to do with us and where we are. And We talked about the journey is my journey and the journey is our journey. Well, today, uh, this title is very specific and uh, uh, the Lord confirmed that to me in a number of ways. So today I would just entitle this, The Journey is Not Over. Would you say that with me? The journey is not over. Say it again. The journey is not over. In fact, let's shorten that a little bit. Every once in a while in this sermon, we're going we're gonna to let our praises grow louder. We're going to say, it's not over. Would you say that with me? It's not over. Say it again. It's not over. I believe that the greatest days of the church are ahead. Amen. I thank God for what he's done and what he's going to do. We've asked God to bless uh, this service today. We've prayed in many different ways. We prayed for the sick. We prayed for one another. Now, just one more time, I want us to pray that God's voice would be heard in each one of our hearts today. Would you do that? Father, thank you for your presence here today. Thank you for the worship of your people. And Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would speak to each heart In Jesus' name, let your word and what's shared today find its place in each one of us and we'll give you the praise and the glory for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Now be ready to shout, it's not over. Amen. A wealthy elder in a church uh, used to quote the phrase, you can't outgive God. His remark is reminiscent of another generous person who once stated uh, when asked if he was not going to be in danger of uh, bankrupting himself through all of his gifts and giving to the Lord, this individual replied, Not at all. Are you worried about bankruptcy? He said, Oh, not at all. He said, In fact, I shovel out. And God shovels in, and he uses a bigger shovel than I do. In fact, he stated, God's the one that started shoveling first. God's good. He's blessed us in so many ways. Here we sit today, 
blessed by the hand of God. Whatever you want to say about the church, its people, or the direction of it, God is in control of all things, and I believe that. I believe that. I was asked yesterday, yesterday was a wonderful day. We had a wedding here. Trent and Allie got married. That was a wonderful thing. I was a part of a funeral service earlier that morning, and uh, I was uh, sitting talking to an individual in this community, uh, a leader businessman in this community, and he began to ask me about this church, and he began to ask me how I ended up in Salem, and uh, I began to share with him Tears filled his eyes. He just amazed. He said, well, it's pretty evident that the hand of God is on the church there and on that group of people. I thank God, amen, I thank God that even though uh, whatever we think about people, whether they attend this church or not, uh, I believe when God blesses a people, people can see that. They evidence that. Somebody say amen. God's blessing is in your life and people see it had an individual step up to me yesterday and said, hey, do you know this individual? They, I believe they attend their church, your church. And I said, yes, I, I, I know that person quite well. And, and this individual is asking about their job and where they were working and what they were doing. And this individual stated to me, it's pretty evident that God's hand is on that individual and God is blessing their life. I want to tell you, people that may not even serve the Lord notice when God puts his hand on a person or a group of people. Amen. It reminds me of Jericho 40 years after Israel stood at the Jordan River and said, we're not strong enough, we can't do it. We're not big enough, we don't have enough money. And they turned around and wondered for 40 years. And 40 years later, that same group of people, except it's not them now, uh, it's their children, and they are standing at the same crossroad. And when they send those spies into Jericho, it's Rahab that says, hey, we heard how your God brought you out of the land of Egypt and how he divided the Red Sea, not the Jordan, the Red Sea. That was 40 years ago and Jericho was still talking about it. I want to tell you, this city needs to keep talking about what God is doing in the church of the living God. 40 years from there, now, there ought to be people in this town that say, I remember when God did this and when God did that. Somebody say amen. Give the Lord a good hand clap if you're glad to be a part of his people. So with that in mind, we, uh, we uh, at, at different times in our history, we, we um, blindly and but yet with great faith went forward into what God was calling us to do because it's not over. Because it's not over. Somebody say amen. In fact, as we began to enter into the uncharted waters, there was a, an individual in this church that came up to their pastor and said, Pastor, the Lord showed me something as we were entering in. This was not after the battle. This was before the battle. This was before the miracle. And they said, Pastor, I saw two men struggling up, uh, struggling to carry a, a real huge beam up a hill. And as they struggled, uh, 
And as they advanced up this huge incline, miracles began to take place around them. They said, but that's not all. I began to see pieces of concrete and debris. And I began to hear voices, many voices. Uh, many voices, but yet none of them distinguishable. In fact, this individual said it was almost confusing, the sound of confusion. And as they began to carry this beam up this hill and all these voices began to be heard, the voice of the Lord spoke to this individual and the Lord said to him that his miracles would silence the voices of confusion. I believe God is at work. In fact, it was during a leadership event that we were singing, uh, we were getting ready to raise money to go into this project and, and the praise team, or it wasn't even a praise team, it just, in that moment, we began to sing no sweeter name than the name of Jesus and the Lord began to move and one individual came to me afterwards and said, pastors, we were singing that song, the Lord showed me a vision and that vision was of a large courthouse. It looked like a courthouse and every time we sang the name of Jesus a large chain would wrap around that old building and as we kept singing the chain would wind around and around that old courthouse and the last time we said the word Jesus those chains tightened so fastly that the building shattered into a million pieces this individual said pastor I'm not sure what that means but I believe the Lord wants to speak to us about that it was just a few days later I got a text and this individual said the Lord told me what I saw this past weekend and he stated this we have access to souls today more than ever before the old authority is broken his anointing is greater than ever before what does that say to you and I that says to you and I that God knows right where we are and he knows what we're going through and the Lord brought us to this place. Oh, somebody ought to give God praise right now. Somebody ought to give the Lord praise right now. I want you to shout, it's not over. Come on, shout again, it's not over. Come on, say it to your neighbor, it's not over. It's not over. In fact, it was this past Wednesday that we heard in the Holy Ghost God say that God did not do anything until the children of Israel were ready to cross over the Red Sea. The fact of the matter is God is always ready. Are we ready? And it wasn't too long ago that out of the mouths of two witnesses, one by the operation of the gifts of the Spirit, one by in, in tongues and interpretation, and one by the operation of the word of wisdom or, or prophecy in the preaching of the word on two separate occasions unknown by both parties. God said to this church, I will go before you and I will go behind you. It's not over. It's not over. I said it's not over. So that leads me today to say a few things about where I believe we are. Raising money is not a new thing. In fact, I remember 
if some of you may not be aware of of the history of this church and and uh, but but I just want to I, I want us all to be on the same page here today for a moment. Uh, in fact, if you could go back with me and take this building out, take that hallway out, and take that other long hallway out that you go down through, you know, where you smell the coffee and all that. Take all that out, that daycare building, take all that out, and you end up with where we started, that old building right there and that little kitchen there where we had our first Christmas banquet right in there. I remember stand, that door that comes out of that little kitchen into that big daycare room. I remember standing in that door. That used to go outside. I remember standing in that door when the, the, uh, the, the uh, asphalt company pulled in and they began to spread asphalt over those big three-inch rocks that we had out in that parking lot. Anybody remember that? We were having chicken and dumpling dinner that day and Mac McGregor was there, uh, old, old Chicago Mac, with his two-tone shoes. And old Mac McGregor's gone to be with the Lord, but I watched Mac McGregor stand outside that door for a long time with his hands raised and tears running down his eyes as they poured asphalt, put asphalt over that parking lot. I thought, man, he has moved. I've preached good sermons. We've had altar calls, and there he is standing out there crying over asphalt. But he was just so thankful at the blessings of God. He'd come in my office. He'd come in my office and he'd look around, make sure nobody else is looking, and he'd pull out a little piece of paper or something he got in the mail. He'd lay it down. He said, look at that, Pastor. And I'd open it up. It's Publishers Clearinghouse or some other group. And, and uh, Henry McGregor, you are guaranteed $10 million. And he'd say, Pastor, we're going to build that new church. We're gonna, I believe we're going to build that new church. I kept smiling saying, well, thank the Lord, Mac. I don't know how God's going to do it, but he's going to do it. But Mac just knew that he's going to win Publishers Clearinghouse and we were going to build that new church. Well, you know what? We hadn't won Publishers Clearinghouse, and, 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 but we've come a long way. But I got something to say to you today. It's not over yet. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands under the Lord. Amen. Amen. We ran out of classrooms, so we built a bunch of classrooms right here. This long hallway here was the first time we ever expanded. Mac Todd and his construction company uh, uh, kind of put that all together. So now you know why the ceilings are cracking and the floors buckling. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. It's not. It's changed quite a bit since they put it up. I'll say that. Uh, and and, and uh, so it's gone through a few different phases. We've torn walls out and, and, and the schools moved in there and that used to be Sunday school rooms. I remember standing where those daycare, uh, those baby beds in that room with those glass windows, that was a fellowship hall. I remember standing in that room thinking, man, this is a huge fellowship hall. We can have banquets in here. I had people walking in those rooms saying, man, look at the size of these Sunday school rooms. I want to say to you, it's not over yet. God has been so good to us. So 
there we were. We had, we had, you know, we had a little more room. We were thanking God for it, and and so we entered into a stewardship effort, and we uh, made up our minds. You know what? I think it's time we get debt free. And there were seven acres for sale right here. This little strip, basically where this gym is sitting, just behind us, just to the north of us. Seven acres came up for sale, or at least part of it. And we decided we'd buy seven more acres, and so we entered into a a project to to pay off seven acres and pay off some. some his good rooms and God helped us God made a way we continued to have a building fund once a month uh, and God was good to us we got debt free and accumulated over $200,000 in a CD in CDs thank God for that as I look back on those days, I, I actually pulled up old uh, notes from those services. And as we began to, began to envision what the future looked like, we realized quickly that, that every square foot that we built, God somehow would fill it up. Yeah, so we began to realize, you know what, I'm not sure this is ever going to end. <laughs> So we began to envision the future, and I remember, in fact, I pulled it right out of my notes, so I'm sure I said it, and if I didn't say it exactly like this, I said it pretty close. But here's the statement. I made this statement. We will unify and push for another expansion. Honestly, there will be at least one more. I was talking about this one, knowing that there would be at least one more. At that time, classroom and fellowship space were immediate needs. In fact, classes, I, I just can say it this way, classes, Sunday school classes, youth classes, they were meeting in amazing places. I'll just say it that way. In fact, we had gotten to a point that an all-church fellowship event could not be handled on this property. We had to rent the community center to have all the church gathered together. So what we thought was going to supply our needs, we realized quickly that God had blessed past that. So, And we realize today that God's not finished yet. Amen. Amen. I stand here today amazed because when this expansion was completed, every classroom except one was already designated for use. That's a fact. We didn't really build for, uh, we built for the future, but yet we realized every class would already be in use. We didn't have rooms where nobody was meeting in. It was a wonderful thing God did for us. And I remember, how many remember groundbreaking Sunday? There we all gathered with all of our excitement and all of even our apprehension. But even in our apprehension, that, that apprehension could not dampen our faith. In fact, we had written prayer requests on stakes and we walked out, it was a field, this was all dirt right here, and we walked out into this field and we, we drove those stakes into the ground and believed that God was gonna make a way. Remember, we dug the footings of this building and we put those stakes in the concrete all the way around this building. I wonder how many of those prayers have been answered. I wonder how many are yet to be answered. I got something to bring to you today. It's not over. <laughs> I got something to say to you as your pastor. It's not over. 
Oh, come on, somebody praise the Lord. Amen. And before long, there it was, completed. We could hardly believe it. In fact, I remember people in this church walking into those doors right there and standing right about this area, and they didn't have any words. Their eyes were big, wide open. I remember when they were putting this floor down, saints of God walked in the door, and they just could not believe what God had done. District superintendent pulled off the highway, walked in this door, and said, I'm just amazed at what God has done here. I remember the term was, we just can't hardly believe it. But believe it, here we are. God is amazing, and he still is amazing, and he always will be amazing, and he's waiting for us to be ready. Our plans are to continue, were to, this is back then, our plans when that was that finished was to continue having church in the old sanctuary. You remember? We were going to have church in there and we said, well, we'll have multiple services if we have to. In fact, I made this statement. It's in my notes. Way back there, I made this statement. When the time comes, a larger church takes on the next challenge and that's a sanctuary. We, were, we, we had no idea. We were just... We, we, we are not larger in number now. Uh, we, we, are, we are larger in number, but we are not only larger in number, we are larger people now. Our faith is larger. Our trust is larger. Our expectation is larger. Oh, yeah. And it's not over yet. That's, that's what we... That's, that's what we saw of the future. We said, well, we're going to have church and God's going to help us. We're going to get bigger. And we didn't know what bigger meant, but bigger meant uh, more than just uh, numbers. And it meant more than just uh, getting bigger. We got bigger. Our faith got bigger. Some of you got bigger as people of God. Well, as you know, that idea of having church in the old sanctuary was quickly taken out of our hands. I remember that Saturday morning pulling in for men's prayer. I remember uh, some of the pallets uh, that that held the the tile in the bathrooms and some of the carpet tiles, those pallets were out on the north side of this gymnasium sitting out here where we now have the the rock and the concrete that was sitting there. Well, that Saturday morning when I pulled in that south parking lot to go into the old sanctuary for men's prayer. Those pallets were now, they weren't up here where we left them on Friday. They were all the way around in the entrance of that south parking lot. On, on Friday, we had a huge rain hit and it rained all night and those pallets had begun to float. They floated all the way around this gym, all the way around that old building and ended up in that entrance over there in the south entrance. You know where that is. I walked into that old sanctuary and there was about an inch of water in that sanctuary. It had gone up the walls. I called Cheryl and she said, what are we going to do? I said, I don't know, but I'm going to start trying to get this water out of here. And she said, well, we need to call some people. I said, no, don't call anybody because I don't want them as discouraged as I am right now. 
I'm telling you, right? I told my wife, don't call anybody because I'm going to clean this up because I don't want anybody experiencing what I felt when I walked in this building. But like a good, obedient wife, she ignored what I said. She started calling around behind my back and people started showing up. My greatest concern would be that people walk in thinking, what in the world is happening now? Man, we, we think God's made a way and here we are and uh, this water problem and you know what happened. We had a flood and we had water and had unprecedented rain and that caused a number of other issues. But you know what did happen? That next week was Pentecost Sunday. And we, we had the Olivers come and we were believing God was going to fill people with the Holy Ghost. We didn't know what to do. So we decided we'd have church right here. In fact, here's a picture of it right here. That's Pentecost Sunday right here, 2013, right here. Now I want you to notice this picture. You see that? But I want you to be careful about what you see there. There are 200 chairs set up in that room right there. Now notice, we got a few more chairs. That's all the chairs we had back then. And notice, we're backwards. We turned around. We're the other way. Uh, we, we've, we've learned a few things since then. We thought, you know, we'll have church in here for a few weeks, and we'll go back in there. There's one thing I noticed about these pic this picture. I, I, I zoomed in. There are faces that are no longer here, but I also notice there are faces that God has added. You know what that tells me? That we better get our attitude right and our thinking right that the church is going forward with us or without us. No, you didn't hear me. You can't be copping this attitude that if I walked out that door, this church is gonna fall apart. No, there ain't nobody gonna keep the church from going forward because on this rock, Jesus said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm glad to be in the church, but this church doesn't count on me and it doesn't count on you. It's built on the rock. Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord. Somebody shout, it's not over. Somebody shout, it's not over. I want to say right now, I want to say right now, thank you to all those people that came in on that Saturday and that Sunday and, and the next week and the next few weeks. We had, we had Service Pro or whatever their name is. I can't remember. Remember their name? They come in and started putting in uh, dehumidifiers and they, they started telling me how many 55-gallon drums full of water they took out of that building. When you walk in there, you can still see about a foot up. We had to cut the, the sheetrock out and replace all that underneath there, about a foot or a foot and 18 inches up on the wall all over this. this uh, uh, there's these classrooms. Uh, God was good to us. I, I saw a church band together. I saw a church decide, you know what, we're going to... We're going to whip this thing. We're going, to, we're going to take care of this thing. God helped us. I thank God for that, but it's not over. You know, when we got done with getting all the water out and people saying, well, I think it's still going to be this and still going to be that, and, and that's fine, we moved back into that old sanctuary. And you know what? We quickly realized that the short time we were in this room, we couldn't all fit back in there now. We couldn't fit back in there. And for some odd reason, we realized then that the men's bathroom had one pot. <laughs> we didn't know how in the world everybody was going to get around one pot. <laughs> and people saying, Pastor, we can't do that. We didn't realize how we did it. We didn't realize how tough we were. 
But all of a sudden, God had blessed us and we tried to go back and the Lord said, no, you're not going back. So we started having church in here and the church began to grow larger and larger and larger. We got bigger in our faith. We got bigger in our trust. We got bigger as people. Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord. It's not over. We moved back in there and it was just a short time. We realized, uh uh-oh, we're gonna have to have church in the gymnasium. In fact, I made this statement. I pulled it out of my notes. So I know, I, I, you know, I pretty much stay with my notes. <laughs> I made this statement. I believe we can build for our present needs, talking about this, pay it off in approximately five years and be ready for the next mountain. It's not over. I do want to say, I do want to say, I do want to say, uh, stop right here and say a great big heartfelt I owe my life to, besides Jesus Christ and my family, I owe my life to the people every week that come in and get this gym ready for church. Amen. The people that week after week, not people that started putting chairs down and then quit and decided vacation was more important. I'm talking about people that every week say, you know what, I'm going to put the chairs down. People that every week set up musical equipment and sound equipment. Now we've got, uh, we've got it permanently set up there now. Praise God, that's a good thing. They don't have to set it up every week. That's a good thing. That workload lightened up a little bit. And let me also uh, do this since I'm being pastor today, <laughs> let me remind you that you don't need to be trafficking around that sound equipment back there. I made a statement before we put it up there that no one is to go between that sound back there. We got a walk around that goes all the way around. So if you need to go to the restroom, there's a way to get there. That's not the only way. Stay out from behind that sound system. Turn to your neighbor and say, Pastor's talking to you. Listen, I'm going to say something to you. If I'm up there, if I'm in that corner and need to go to that bathroom, I'm going to go all the way around this way. You know why? Because what I said is good for me and it's good for you. No exceptions. Anybody hear what I'm saying? Somebody say, thank you, Pastor. That's right. I meant what I said. All right, anyway. I mean what I'm saying now in this sermon, too. I just took a little rabbit trail. Everybody okay? All right. Well, let's get back to the subject. It's not over. Here we are. It's not over yet. And I want to thank the men and the women of this church every week that came in and set this gymnasium up for church. It, it's, uh, I want to tell you something. People that clean the church, the daycare uses this room. Young people use this room. Now uh, Celebrate Recovery re- uses these rooms. And people come in here and clean up between Friday night and Sunday morning. And, and, and this place is spick and span. <laughs> There's an old term. I thank God for every one of them. And I thank you all to give them a hand. Amen. Every one of them. Amen. Come on. Come on, clap your hand. While, while you're barbecuing, some of them's here getting this ready. Oh, I'm glad to be a part of this church. I'm glad to be a part of this church. 
Nehemiah chapter 2, I'm not going to read it, but I want to make reference to it. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 19, there was trouble with the project of building. And Nehemiah responded by proclaiming his confidence that God would help. God has helped us. And his conviction is stated in verses 19 and 20 where he says, Jerusalem belongs to God's people. I I, I, I've got a question for you. Does anybody in this room believe that this community belongs to God? <laughs> oh, yes. The whole earth is the Lord's, and if it is God's, then we are his body. I don't think we ought to give this community up to the drug dealers. <laughs> I don't think we ought to give this community up to the bars and the taverns. <laughs> In fact, if hell is enlarging itself, I don't believe the church ought to go into defensive mode. And if the drug culture is expanding, I think the church ought to be growing. That's what I believe. In fact, I don't believe this room will hold all the people that God wants to save in this city. It's not over. Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord and shout, it's not over. I felt quite uncomfortable doing it, but I walked before this congregation because David did it. Before he built the temple, he said, I'm not just asking you to give. I'm going to tell you what I, your leader, am going to give. I read that example, and the Holy Ghost said, you're the first partaker. You're the big boy. Pull up your britches. You can't go tell them to give, and you not give. So I walked toward to, uh, in front of this congregation, and I said, 18% of my income is coming back into this church with the realization that 5% of it has to go to the district that I'm a part of. And, and that, that being said, thank God, well, whatever they do with it. I'm going to support this church. And I want to make a statement today, going forward, it's going to be more than that. Okay, now that's what your leader is going to do. So I'm not going to say, come on, folks, let's give, and then behind the scenes, I'm not going to do anything. No, this church has blessed me, and God has blessed me. <laughs> now David asked the people of God, here's what I'm doing, and then he said, what are you going to do? The amazing thing is, I know this, not everybody gives the same amount, <laughs> but when everybody does what they can do, God begins to multiply what we do. Somebody said, well, pastor, I can't do that. I'm not asking you to do what I do. I'm just going to tell you that this man and his family is going to give to this project, and I expect you to do what you can do. Because I know that when God takes our five loaves and our two fishes, he multiplies it. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. Also recognize that commitment to ministry is diverse. There was a day when everybody in this church did everything. Those days are over, thank God. They are in our history. There are those who feel deeply about missions and they're committed to that calling. I thank God for that. There are those who feel deeply about children's ministry. They give to that. I thank God for that. 
There are people that feel deeply about Bible quizzing. I'm thankful for that. There are those who feel deeply about the calling to pulpit ministry, to music, to hospitality, feeding the hungry, celebrate recovery. The list goes on and on. What a privilege as a pastor, and that, I might add, a privilege I appreciate to see a vast diversity of callings and burdens and commitments in a local congregation. I see wholeness. That simply means the van driver does not take for granted the worship leader, nor the worship leader take for granted the Sunday school teacher. The individual who gives to minister to children does not take for granted the person that feels deeply about missions. It means the choir member does not feel they are more important than the Sunday school teacher or the greeter at the door. Everybody here is important. I said, everybody here in God's house is important. Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord. So David said, here's what I'm going to do. What are you going to do? They responded, and when they did, the people rejoiced. The people rejoiced. We've got something to rejoice about today because they're retirees that live on a limited income and they gave what they could. And there's some of us that are in the most productive years of our lives. Some of you who are in the most productive years of your life, speaking of finances, these are the years you can produce income. You have given and God has multiplied. In fact, if I would take you back, it's been over 30 years ago now, but when we... When we videoed the past, we, we took clips. We won't take the time to show them today. We are going to see one video. But there are clips, and we're not going to see it right now. I don't want them to think that's their cue. We put all these, we, we interviewed these people at different times. We had the same question was asked. We, they responded. We didn't tell them what we wanted. We just let them respond. And, and they, didn't, they weren't even filmed at the same time. These were all done at different times. And they all began to speak of the same thing. And you know what it was? It was unity. Every one of them, they said that's what this assembly was founded on, unity. I want to take another rabbit trail. I want you to know as your pastor, I'm committed to keeping that unity. Because that is what blesses God's people. When people get divided, the curse comes on it. And I am not going to let that happen. All right, I'm not going to say anything else. You can add to that what you want. But your pastor is committed to holding unity as important. Somebody say amen. Because Ephesians 4 says... Unity must be kept. In fact, those people we videoed, the key words were this, together, one, and unified. Those were the most used words in all of those videos. You know what? Going forward, those must be the key words. Together, one, unified. That's why whether you are born again in this church and baptized in Jesus' name in this church or you got a transfer letter from a pastor, doesn't matter. Either way, we are together. 
In fact, Paul addressed it early in the apostolic church because it was becoming a problem and if we don't continue addressing it, it will continually be a problem. But Paul said, some of you say I'm of Cephas, some of you say I'm of Apollos. Paul said, oh no, that's not correct. We can't say, well, I'm of this group and I'm of that group and I'm of no this is not about what God is calling us to togetherness to oneness come on I believe we ought to be more than just oneness in Godhead I believe we ought to be oneness as people somebody say amen in fact uh, let me let me let me stand on this rabbit trail I promise I won't go down it I'll just look down it 2 Thessalonians 2 tells us the man of sin who is the Antichrist. Everybody say the Antichrist. Yeah, Judas was the first. We're going to get another one. The man of sin, the son of perdition, the Bible says he exalts himself. It's the spirit of the Antichrist that exalts yourself over a church. And the Bible, the word sin means lawlessness, the man of lawlessness. The Antichrist is the man of lawlessness. Do you know what lawlessness is? The definition of it is the absence of authority. Have you noticed that that spirit is getting a hold of our world today? We're getting to the point where people don't even want a police force in this nation. They don't want anybody having authority. That's the spirit of the Antichrist. And Paul said, way back there, the spirit of the Antichrist is already at work. The absence of authority is already at work. Where there is unity, the spirit of the Antichrist cannot be. I'm thankful for a church where the Holy Ghost still moves because the word says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Now, I don't know about the rest of you, but I don't want the Antichrist in this church. And you're thinking, well, who is he? I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about his spirit that says nobody's gonna tell me what to do. I don't have to submit to that church. I wanna tell you right now, if we want the Holy Ghost to operate here, we better have the spirit of God moving here. Okay. Well, clap your hands under the Lord. All right. Enough of that. Turn to your neighbor and say, thank God he just looked down that rabbit trail. Yeah. I'm submitted to God. We ought to be submitted to one another. Uh-oh. Well, I, I need to get off that rabbit trail. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I believe there's unity. I believe God's calling us to oneness. Somebody say Amen. The late J. Paul Getty, one of the world's richest men, wrote in his memoirs, as I see it, that he had tried, in his memoirs, and they were titled, As I See It, that he tried to live by his father's creed, which was this. It's not how much money a man has. It's what he does with it that counts. It's not over. Somebody say it's not over. I want to share with you just for a moment. Let me bring you up to the present. We talked about yesterday and how we got here. Let me share with you a little timeline that I believe is spiritual. Now, I'm surrounded by people that like to plan, and I thank God for that because I'm not really a planner. I'm the guy that has a lot of, well, not all, a lot of ideas, just some of them nutty, some of them 
not so nutty, regardless of whether they're nutty or not, uh, planning is not my forte. Am I okay? Okay. Well, there are people that like to plan, and but I want to tell you, even our best planners could not structure this the way God structures it. Let me give an example. Our first stewardship campaign began in April of 2012. Everybody say April 2012. It began that Sunday. Our celebration Sunday. Our commitment Sunday. Our pledges were taken up on August the 5th, 2012. What's today? It's August the 5th. Wow. Well, that's kind of impressive. But it's what's happened between those two that's really impressive. On Victory Sunday, on August the 19th, 2012, our first building fund, uh, tomorrow, building tomorrow's offering was received, a whopping $56,551.05. Guess what? We completed a three-year building tomorrow's campaign, three years, in July. Everybody say July. July of 2015, that's right, 12 to 15, three years. Just so happens that our district, our state, the campground, some of you went to camp meeting this year, our district decided we need to pay for an expansion project on the campground. That camp expansion started in July of 2015. Same, same month that we finished a three-year campaign. The district asked me to help them raise money to expand the campground. So I was a little distracted, <laughs> and we sent our pledges. We, we, we went around the district, begged, 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 and begged, and begged. <laughs> Helped this district raise almost a million dollars. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Our last pledge payment started in July of 15 when we stopped this campaign. Started in July 15. Our last pledge payment was July, three years later, of 2018. You know when that was? It was last month. God helped us focus here. He helped us focus there. It's no accident that here we are, six years later, on August the 5th, saying as a body, it's not over. You know what happened? Here was our focus, and we, it was our focus from the get-go, paying what we could as we went along, because we didn't just want to go mortgage the whole future. Everybody say amen. So our focus, we're going to pay what we can as we go along, and the rest will go on a mortgage. Marion County Savings Bank, they've been great to us. Just want to give them kudos. They've been great to us. They approved us for a $600,000 loan for this building. You know as well as I do, $600,000 is not going to finish a building like this. But we knew God was going to help us. Everybody okay? The fact of the matter is, without getting into all of it, because it, it's pretty boring reading, although it gets exciting when you see what God has done. Basically, Right here, right now, what you see, furnishings, all of them. Now, not the concrete out there that we poured and the school helped us pour, all that. All of this in this, we're looking at basically $1.4 million, everything total. 
we owe $235,000 on a $1.4 million project. Six years. I don't know what that says to you. We don't have it, but we got it. We got five loaves and two fishes, and the Lord said, I'm going to bust it. I'm going to break it. <laughs> Listen, it's not over. It's not over. Listen, I want, to, I want to keep telling you. The mortgage, like I said, is $600,000. Listen, we have paid $364,686.10 to Marion County Savings Bank. Listen to this. Listen, we have paid out of our own, po- no, not of our pocket, the giving of God's people. $541,189.74 did not go on a mortgage. We paid it. We wrote the check for it. That's a half a million dollars. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? When I start looking at those numbers, I start realizing, you know what? God did exactly what he said he was going to do. I don't know how it happened. I don't know how it took place. But look. In fact, we had CDs. We had almost $90,000 in CDs. The total expenditure that we wrote, wrote, listen, $905,875.84. That is amazing. Now what we couldn't pay because of how large it was or whatever the need was, we put it on the loan. We owe $235,000 plus a little bit for that. God has been good to us. We have written almost a million dollars in expenses in this building in six years. Hey, I don't know about you, church, but it's not over yet. The the mountain's not too high. The task is not too great. Come on, I feel like Joshua this morning standing on the banks of the Jordan River. God is for us. We can do it. The land is ours. Come on, clap your hands under the Lord. So, bottom line, God has helped us in a matter of a few years accumulate and pay almost a million dollars. Wow. Bunch of poor people sitting in here, isn't it? Yeah, we are. Turn to your neighbor and tell him he's talking about me. I'm as poor. But my, look at what God does. When we walk up to a little basket on the third Sunday of every month and we drop in a commitment God just knows how to multiply it do you ever wonder if God has the times and the seasons in his hands do you ever wonder well let me just show you what all your kids learned this morning look at the lesson date on the right August the 5th 2018. That was the lesson that showed up in the little booklet. They didn't plan it. They just do one lesson after the other. Look at the lesson for this morning. If you don't think we're in the will of God, we are in the will of God right now. Oh, somebody ought to just love the Lord. Say, Lord, you got it all in control. Come on. Come on. Come on. Somebody just love the Lord right now. Come on, somebody, let your confidence build. God's in control. He's going to do it. He's going to help us. Somebody shout, it's not over. 
Somebody shout, it's not over. Turn to your neighbor and tell them it's not over. I'm just amazed because it's happened over and over and over in the last four weeks when we focused on our next mountain. I've been in prayer about it. We've heard the gifts of the Spirit operate. We've had testimonies of people that what had happened and this past Friday, 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 uh, you know, my, my, I told somebody, well, I just kind of shoot from the hip so you never know. So let me just, let me just shoot from the hip for a minute. Is that all right? I thank God the men in this church last month, they did a, a barbecue dinner, Brother Dale and the crew that helped and the delivers and all that. It's a great deal. They did a great job. Well, it's coming up again in August, just as a little pub promotional piece here. It's coming up again August 17th. I won't personally be here. I'll be on vacation. We're going to raise a bunch of money today, and I'm going on vacation. No. See how that works? No, that's not how this works. So, you know, I, Sister Donna Matt Miller did me a great service uh, last fall. Uh, I, I uh, volunteered for the bread committee to make bread for the Christmas at our place, and my, I had an ulterior motive. I love bread. Like my granddad said, who wants cake when you can have bread? I like cake too, but anyway, I like bread. And I like it so much, I told Sister Donna, Donna, I'll help you, and I, you know, I don't mind getting involved, but I want to tell you the real reason I'm helping you because I want to know how to make bread. She showed me how to make bread. Is Donna here today? I think I saw her. There she is back there. Pray for her back and hips not doing too good. We believe in God to touch Donna. She taught me how to make bread right over there in that kitchen. Well, when the men decide to have this dinner, you know, I said, well, I can make some homemade bread for her. It's not too big a deal. I'll just make a batch of bread, and, and we'll have some homemade rolls in that barbecue dinner. So they got another one coming up on August 17th, and I'll be on vacation. So Friday, I was in there making bread, making bread. And uh, Brother Kyle came in and said, Brother Gene, we're getting ready for Sunday. We've got a video. We've got pledge cards. And what, what kind, how do you want to end it? How do, you want, how do you want it to end? Is there something you're going to say? I said, well, you know, I'm really, <laughs> to be honest, to t just to tell you right now, Brother Kyle was saying, you know what, what do you, my head was in dough. I, I wasn't thinking about this. I, I wasn't thinking about dough. I was thinking about dough. He kind of brought me back to reality. You know, I, I'm one of those, this is the most important thing right now is getting this bread done. I'll deal with that later. But he kind of brought me back to reality. Sunday's coming, he was saying. Sunday's coming. So I was in there. He left and came in here and started doing some work on the video you're going to see in a minute. And, and I was just in there doing dough. And I, I just kept feeling. I kept feeling. It's not over. I... I uh, was in there and, and I got a text on my phone and my hands were full of uh, flour and dough and all that. And so I waited a little while and I went out, finally washed my hands off, got one batch done, washed my hands off, went over, got my phone. Teresa said, just call the name of the person. So-and-so's left a letter for you on your desk. I said, okay, I'll, I'll get it in a little while. I kept making bread. I kept feeling this. So I got done making bread, put it all in the freezer. 
walked down the hall, got all that done, walked down the hall, went in my office for a second, grabbed the letters, folded up, stuck it in my back pocket, got in my truck, started the driveway, and I called, text Brother Kyle or called him. Uh, I think it was before I started driving, actually. I actually think I was still in the parking lot, to be, to, be, to be precise. I think I was just pulling out and going around the corner, but I couldn't get away from it. I said, hey, Kyle, I don't even know if he still has it. I, I don't, uh, well, I'll tell you what, I think I got it. I got an iPad. Where's that? Where's that? Here it is. Let, let me, uh, here we go. Let's see. Uh, uh, Friday, 119, I text Brother Kyle sitting in the parking lot. I got it. I got it. The miracle isn't over yet. What do you think? I know it's not a question, and it can conclude with all the aspects of the harvest. Kyle texts back, I can work with that. Good. So I text back, or it, the miracle isn't over. It, the miracle is not over. It's just beginning. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm just feeling that. If the, and Kyle texts back, if the harvest isn't over, then the miracle isn't over. I text back, yeah, right. That's the idea. That's, that's the last text. I go clean up. I got, uh, you know, I got things to do. And so I, I, I put this little letter on the front seat of my truck and I'm, you know, yesterday had a funeral, 11 o'clock, wedding at two. I'm, I'm getting ready. To, uh, to mow my grass because I know vacation's coming. I drive out to some property that the Lord blesses with and I'm getting ready to mow and I think, well, I got this letter here on my, on my, on my seat and I think I better, I, I need to probably take, take a look at that. This letter, it was concerns about the future and planning for the future and and in this letter, this individual states, and I quote, and I got it up there for you. This person said, Pastor, in prayer, God spoke to my spirit about giving to the church and to his kingdom and said, you are planning for the future. I go on, I'm not gonna read the whole letter, but I go on another quote. Pastor, this church saved my life. I love this church. Thank God for this church. I, I don't know if that even rings any bells with you, but I get all kind of correspondence. These are pretty rare. You get all kinds about what this church isn't and what we should be doing. Thank God for a letter that said, this church saved my life. I love this church. I think I'll frame that one. But what amazed me, I, you know, all that, and I'm getting ready to mow my yard, and I'm knowing, well, what's going to happen today. I get down to the last paragraph, and I quote. Here it is, and I put it up there just like they said it in the letter. They said, God has blessed our church and done great things. I got the punctuation just like it. But the miracle isn't over yet. I feel it. It's just the beginning, Pastor. I want you to know right now the Holy Ghost is in control of what is going on in this church. And I've come to declare it isn't over. It isn't over. We're just getting started. 
Somebody give the Lord a good hand clap. Somebody give God praise right now. God bless you. You may be seated. First Corinthians 3 tells us it was Paul who planted, Apollos who watered, but it was God who gave the increase. Verse 7 of that chapter states, So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. While many people have been involved in planting, watering, and harvesting, we know it is only God who has brought about the miracle of the increase. And what an increase it has been. From a vacant lot driven by, to around 7,500 square feet, to a campus of over 30,000 square feet, God has truly blessed. And the miracle isn't over yet. We are truly thankful for the facilities God has blessed us with. Without Him, it would not be possible. But His blessings let us know there is something more God is challenging us with, something more He is purposing us to do. We understand that this is not just a building. It's not just chairs and equipment we put together, but a place where lives can be touched, where lives can be changed, where people can be encouraged, where healing can happen and transformation encountered. The facilities God has increased us with are to simply facilitate the increase, the harvest, the miracle God still has in store. As we look forward to the next phase, we realize it is not through our might or our power it can be accomplished, but only through His power and His increase. So we commit to trust Him again. We commit to believe Him again. We stand on His promises yet again that if we plant, if we water, then He will give the increase. The future harvest calls to us one more time because we are not simply giving money for a building. We are sowing into a miracle. We are sowing seed for future souls to be saved. We are sowing for the promise and expectation of a harvest. The miracle is not the planting. The miracle is not in the watering. The miracle is in the increase in the harvest. When God takes what we have to offer and increases beyond what we could think or even imagine. We rejoice for the harvest we have seen, but we also know the harvest is not yet complete. And if the harvest isn't over, then the miracle isn't either. There is more to the miracle of increase. There is more to the miracle of what God wants to do. The miracle isn't over yet. Come on, somebody rise up right now. And I want you to praise the Lord like you feel like praising the Lord right now. If you want to shout, you want to lift up your voice, you want to thank God for his multiplying our means. Amen. I want to introduce you to a pledge card. Pastor Gene, what are we pledging for? I'm going to tell you what we're pledging for. We're pledging, first of all, to get debt free. And I told Teresa Rainey, who's the administrative secretary, I said, it can happen today. I won't, I won't tell you what the look was at first. I said, it can happen today. Anybody hearing what I'm saying? Okay. And then also, well, Brother Gene, what happens if it happens today? Are we just going to, no, we're going to gather 
some momentum because we believe that there's a worship facility just beyond those walls right there that we are called to complete so that we don't have to set up every week. So people that use this facility don't have to work around our schedule. There's all kind of other things. Pledge card. How many of you got one when you came in? How, in fact, let's do, how many didn't get one? If you didn't get one, raise your hand. Our ushers are going to move real quick right now. Amen. And if you're in the choir, help me out, Brother Rob. If you're in the choir and you have a pledge card, come on up. Come on up to the choir loft. Come on. We're going to sing what we sang at the start of this service. If you're in choir and you don't have a pledge card, wait till you get one. And then make your way up here. So if you don't have a pledge card, you're in the choir. Wait till you get one and then come. Because I don't want you to leave this service without the blessing of making a commitment. Now, listen. Listen, very. If you don't have a pledge card, raise your hand. This. Raise your hand. Hey, who can get a pledge card? Young people? Old people? Males? Females? Brother Gene, I can give $5 a month. I want to tell you, every young person here... If you get an allowance, you can rake a yard, you can mow a yard. Are you hearing what I'm saying? A young person can mow one yard and get 20 bucks and give it to the building fund. Everybody is invited to participate, young and old. Let me say something as well. Listen real closely. Listen. I want to say something to you. The only, I, don't, I don't have any worries. I, I don't have any fear. I know God's going to make a way. But I will say this. I want to say this this morning. Listen, real close to me. Listen, I know that the people that helped us get here, and they're standing in this room today, many of them, the people that helped us get here are now entering retirement, fixed income. They, what does that mean? That means us that are younger, that, that didn't have... We had something to do with getting here, but it wasn't financial. But now God has blessed us. We got married here. We got our kids dedicated here. Our children get into Sunday school classes and are taught every Sunday. Now we, we here, a younger generation, now we can rise up and say, it's our turn. It's our turn. Now it doesn't mean those on retirement can say, no, I've already done mine. They can join us, but recognizing that times come when you can give a lot and times come when you can't give as much say pastor recognizes that say it say pastor recognizes that I know that you don't have to explain it brother Gene I just need to tell you I can't do no I understand that do what you can is what I'm saying do what you can but I'll say this as we approach our payoff which I believe is going to happen quick I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do as a pastor I'm going to first of all get a prayer team together And we're going to take every issue, large and small, into the presence of God in prayer. And we're going to believe God's going to make a way for us. Then we're going to start finalizing plans, getting getting, uh, seamless connections with our present campus, get an itemized expenditure, say this is what it's going to cost us, here's the terms, here's what it is. And then we'll uh, get a stewardship team together and we will gather finances on a consistent basis to arrive at being debt-free as soon as possible. Here's why I'm saying that. Because I believe God wants us to help send missionaries around the world. He wants us to help start churches in this area. So I don't believe it's God's will for us to be saddled with financial burden for the next 50 years. 
I don't believe that. So we will take periodic pushes to get debt free. And I believe God will help us. That also means fundraising. Have you noticed? We don't go to our community raising funds and begging for money a lot. We do have a few dinners. They love them. We're going to feed them. But those funds don't go to the building fund like they used to. So we have the ability to generate some funds, not only with our giving, we'll have planned campaigns and strategic strategic intervals. Now, let me say something else to you. And I know we've had a wonderful Sunday, and we're going to pray together before we commit here in just a moment. But I want to say this. What does the next expansion look like? Well, let me help you with that, okay? We saw a little clip of it. I even told Brother Kyle this morning, that looks a little more traditional than I'm even thinking. And here's why I'm saying this. I believe God is calling us to a multi-purpose concept. In other words, uh, um, it translates into this. The furnishings of an old traditional church, pews and all of that can get real expensive. So we're going to go minimalist, if you want to call it that. It's, if you want to term it, it's more convention style, less traditional church style. Instead of big, tall roof, big this, big pews, no. It'll be more, uh, it, we'll, 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 it's going to be beautiful. It translates into no pews, but individual padded seats. In other words, let me say it this way. We're minimizing the cost of furnishings. Expense will be on sound, lighting, multimedia, that kind of stuff. The room can be quickly transitioned between a church service to a drama, to a concert, to a wedding, to a funeral. God's going to help us. I say, Brother Gene, that sounds like the gym we're in. No, no, it's not. You understand what I'm saying? I want you to understand where we're going. We're not going to spend your money unwisely. But I don't believe God wants us to saddle ourselves for the next 40 years <laughs> building something that we just walk around with pride and arrogance saying, look here what we got. I believe God wants to help us have a place to worship Him that's beautiful, but we don't forfeit our grandchildren over it. Everybody okay? Turn to your neighbor and tell them, I, li- I kind of like that. <laughs> Maybe you don't, I don't know. I want you to be in prayer. Be in prayer for our staff and our ministry staff today because we're entering into a retreat time of planning for the future. We will re-examine how we accomplish ministry. Let me give an example. On Sunday morning, all the adults are in here. You know why we're all in here? Because we have to all be in here. But going forward, we have more room uh, more more stage of life focus, smaller groups, we have that ability. How we minister to young people and children and students, how we do children's ministry, that can all change. As we go forward, we're looking at all those things. But I close with this. I close with this. A few weeks ago, I told you I was standing on the pl- platform in Wichita, Kansas. Pastor Cornwell, Chelsea's pastor, was standing beside me. We're just worshiping, praising God, loving the Lord. The music's playing, the singers are singing. He's standing there, I'm, I'm worshiping. He all of a sudden wheels around to me and he says, hey, hey, Brother Gene, God just told me that he's gonna double your finances. He said, does that mean anything to you? <laughs> I said, oh boy, I don't have time to tell you what that means to me. I don't think he was talking about me personally. 
although who wouldn't enjoy doubling your finances? I started saying, yeah, I claim that blessing for me. No, no, I knew what it meant. It meant exactly, he had no idea we were already into this process right here. And he said, God just told me he's gonna double your finances. I believe it's not over yet. I believe God's not through yet. Somebody give the Lord praise right now. Come on, right now. Come on, let's give God praise right now. Come on, let's give God praise right now. I wanna tell you how amazing this is. I didn't put this all in my notes. I don't have time to share all that God has done. But after that flood and those floating pallets and all that business, we had a, uh, the, the company that does all the storm drainage for the state of Illinois, does all the interstate drainage, all of that. We solicited them, they came in, did a study. Their first examination, you would not believe how many tons of dirt they were gonna have to take off this property to keep us from flooding. The lowest part of this property for about 130 acres is right there between these two buildings. That's the lowest spot. We had about 130 uh, acres of watershed coming right to that corner right there between these two buildings. And they said to fix that, we're gonna have to move a bunch of dirt. And I said, man, how much dirt is that? He got to telling me how many dump truck loads. I said, there's no way. There's no way. They said, well, let us look at it again and we'll re-examine it. They re-examined, they came back. Here's, here's a re, here's, here's the new plan. And basically that little road that goes all the way around is like a levee. It's, a, it's about two foot higher than every other a piece of ground around us. In other words, <laughs> they put a moat around us. I said, how much is that gonna cost? 180 to 190,000. Do you realize without that emergency, all of a sudden it just came up. We didn't even know we we're gonna have to pay for it. 180 to 190, I think it's 186,000 we paid for that. We had to call the bank, said we had an emergency. Listen, do you realize that without that, how close we are to being debt free? That's what I'm saying to you. This, this, this is no task for the Lord. Now it's a task for us because we gotta trust him. But I'm gonna trust him one more time because it's not over. I'm, I love this church. I'm glad to be a part of this church. This church is not just about me. It's not just about meeting my needs. It's about the needs of men and women in this community. And I believe God's gonna make a way. So this is the most spiritual thing we're gonna do today. We worship. We praise, we pray for people. But Jesus, when he went to the synagogue, he sat beside where they gave their offering. He said, I wanna see how they give. So this is, much, this is as much worship as us singing and praising God. I want you to take out a pledge card. Listen, God's talking to you. I just want you to write your name on it. There's, some, there's a table on the back about how much a week is, translates into how much a year, how much a month. What can I do, Pastor? What I want you to prayerfully consider. In fact, let's pray right now. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, you talk to every heart right now. Lord, we're excited. We thank you for what you've done. But I pray right now that we prayerfully consider what you want us to do. This is not my tithing. This is not my mission. This is not any of that. This is what I can do to see us move forward to a sanctuary. I believe you're gonna help us today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. God's going to help us today. Write your name down, your address, your city, email, phone, anything else you want to put on there, your birthday, your kids' names. 
anything else you want to put on there. But most of all, what you believe by faith and with God's help, not just, well, I'm gonna give $10,000 and hope it comes in. No, we're not hoping. This is what we're gonna give. I want you to write that down right now. As the choir sings, I want you to write that down and just, just put it down on the floor right here. Let's put it right down on the floor right up here.